Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am muted. I'm Sean Ross Sapp. I'm here. I'll be joined by Kate Hensler right over here uh, <laughs> in a few moments. We're here to talk ROH final battle 2022. Somebody goes, you're in the middle of the frame. I'm aware. Kate's just going to pop up right over here. How about that? She's going to pop up right over there uh, momentarily. After she's done uh, doing whatever it is that she's doing. But by God, we got a lot to talk about. We got ROH final battle. We're going to have uh, exclusive news. We're going to have all kinds of scrum notes as well. Thanks to Robert DeFelice. Big thank you to uh, Luis, who, who is doing the, the moderation here. Tonight, we've got the NXT post show as well. I'm going to be hopping on that NXT media scrum. It's a busy day here. I interviewed uh, Switchblade Jay White. That is over on FightfulSelect.com. I asked him about Sasha Banks. I asked him, is Mia Yim a part of the Bullet Club? I asked him an awful lot of stuff. Uh, one person who I know uh, is not a part of Bullet Club is Kate. But this is our first show together in a while. Kate, how you doing? No, I'm not a part of the Bullet Club. You're not. Uh, Well, listen, Fightful Select plug, I asked asked Switchblade Jay White. I was like, you know what? Is Mia Yim a part of it? And he said, yeah, I think she is. That's awesome. And then I said, would you want Sasha Banks to be a part of it? And he said, yeah, I would. Yeah, I could imagine wanting that. Fightfulselect.com, we'll shill that later on. 
Get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Uh, that greatly helps us out. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Uh, if you're watching after the fact, leave a comment on this video. That engagement really, really helps us. YouTube's kind of fruited around with us an awful lot the last couple of months. They claim they're fixing it. Justin Robbins says, hey, got a YouTube notification finally. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let me know if you guys are getting them. Let us know if you're not getting them. But you can also so, uh, submit Humper Chats over at humperchats.com. That allows you to get your question statements in before we go on the air. But man, uh, just, just this week, from yesterday through the end of the week, interviews with EC3, Switchblade, Jay White, uh, Shaza McKenzie. God, who did I release yesterday? Who, who was it? I can't even remember. Carmelo Hayes, for the love of God. Carmelo, Willow, yeah. Will, Willow Nightingale. We've got tons of them. My tons girl. of them. Love and Willow. Katara says, spent this day watching, or my birthday watching this ROH show. It was a good one. It was, and it started off with a Jeff Cobb win. Uh, zero hour. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I'm a little bit surprised to see Jeff Cobb just pop it up wherever because he had that one AEW spot and he had told me, I ain't trying to go back to Florida during a pandemic. It's crazy there, but seems like they're on, uh, they have a good relationship here. And uh, he picks up the win. I, I was cool with this. It made an awful lot of sense to get a, a somewhat marquee name that is familiar with multiple promotions uh, on, on this show and especially as a leadoff. Yeah, I thought this was super fun. I love Jeff Cobb. He, to your point, is like the shortest standing member of any Jericho stable. I think he just had that one appearance, but loved this as an opener. Tour of Islands is such a cool finisher. Uh, and I feel like he is so impressive on so many different fronts. You can give him like big meaty men slapping meat. But my favorite version of Jeff Cobb, kind of like Baron Corbin in WWE on a different level, when he's in there with someone that's like kind of high energy, high flyer, like his physicality to just break up momentum is such a fun device in wrestling for me. Really liked this and a fun way to to kick off the zero hour too. That's definitely going to grab some eyeballs. If you're here on youtube.com slash Fightful, we're simulcasting on Facebook, Twitter, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, of course. Uh, we have a making a finisher of Tour of the Islands. Uh, that's a feature that I've done for years on and off where I go in depth with a performer on how they came up with their move and all that. So I, I think it made an awful lot of sense. You give Cobb the win here as well. But uh, 2.0 also picks up the win over a team that I am very happy to see getting reps here. Now, this is a this is a team, or, or I've reported on Cheeseburger, CB, uh, and his lack of contract with AEW, ROH in the past. But regardless of that, I'm glad that they're they're getting used. I'm glad that, that they're appearing here because cheeseburger CB uh, who, which he tried to shed that. And sometimes, sometimes you want to embrace it. Sometimes it's okay. And I think he's found that good balance of doing that. But also I think it's great that they face a team like 2.0 because CB himself has that internal struggle. And I mean, IRL of being a phenomenal pro wrestler and a phenomenal sports entertainer. And, you know, that 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 struggle of wanting himself to be taken more seriously because underrated uh, as one of the greatest chain wrestlers on the planet right now is CB. And they're facing 2.0 who are like, ah, to hell with it. We're entertainers. <laughs> so I thought that this was a really good, a really good uh, booking to put them together. 
Yeah, I really liked this. And Eli, Eli Isom, also fantastic. But one thing that I love about CP Cheeseburger, uh, to your point, fantastic chain wrestler. And then when he does do something that requires, like he's he's not the biggest guy in the world, but much like Darby Allen, and I feel like Ricky Starks is this way with his spear, he puts his entire body into it. So you can be 100 pounds soaking wet, but if somebody hurls something that's 100 pounds at you, it's going to hurt. So I really love his ability to blend technical. You've interviewed him before, you know, too. Yeah. His his background, he has been all over the world trying to expand his skill set. He has this really interesting blend of some lucha influence and technical wrestling. And uh, you're right, he's incredibly charismatic too and a little bit more of a chill way and a great pro wrestler so this was a fun way to bring both sides out of cheeseburger for sure i loved it loved it and and i don't know if that was intentional with the way that they booked that but i mean i can tell you guys in interviewing him that's that's a thing that he has often uh battled with fluffy panda says nothing goes with a great roh pay-per-view like kate's bangs kate banging on pay-per-view you, you love to see it <laughs> Caden C says, Only fans dot never mind. Uh oh gosh. Caden <laughs> says pay-per-view of the year, absolute hoot being there. Yeah, Caden was in attendance there. Um, man, it was it was a blast of a show, and Willow kept it rolling. Willow is so perpetually over. And this was a sprint, it was a very quick match, but it was the kind of match that these two needed to have because uh oh, Willow gets a win on pay-per-view. It's about six minutes long. Now, now these uh Zero hour matches went like seven, six minutes, six minutes each. Uh, and then the, the main one went about 11 or 12. But Willow is so perpetually over everything she does. She is impossible to dislike Kate. And I think that Trisha Dora is the right type of opponent for her to bring out that aggressive side because you can be perpetually over and, and happy and smiling. But Trisha Dora is going to bring the pain and make you have the type of match that she wants to have. And I thought this was great. I thought this was a phenomenal way to book Willow Nightingale. More Trisha Dora, please. I don't know how she hasn't been signed by everybody. And if she ain't signed, Triple H should be giving her a call immediately. Um, but I like what Kyler says. Willow's so infectious. She is. Uh, I would say magnetic is the word I've used to describe her since I found her because it's a very authentic type of positivity. But because she has such agility and is so hard hitting and is more athletically built, she's a really special recipe of, um, you know, so many facets of what make up a, a great wrestler. And to your point, Trisha Dora should be signed. If she isn't, hopefully she will be in that ROH women's division when they get TV because man, she's fantastic. She was doing such cool work in their women's tournament. She had a really uh, powerful and fun vignette with Shane Taylor right around right before they shut down. But she is like a top women's wrestler. She's always like, if people are asking me top women's independent talent, she is always at the top of the list with me there. Um, so absolutely ecstatic to see her. And these two needed to have a, a collision at some point. It just feels right. They have a, a fun little crossing paths before. So this was fantastic. Um, well, it ended up working out uh, <laughs> pretty well. They did have a collision at the end. The pounce. Pounce ended up looking that ass. God, I love Ian and Capri so much. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I I just think that Willow is one of those those people that she's. There's no way she can fail. There's no way she can fail. No, she's. I think she was probably originally pegged for ROH, but I'm wondering if they were like, man, 
we're going to keep you hanging around AEW for a while with how over she is, with how different she is in pretty much any women's division you're going to add her to. She is such a, a special blend of things. So loved this. Um, it was short and sweet, like you said, but that was kind of all you needed with this. this was Willow is Willow is just going to be so good for so long. It's funny, uh, during the pandemic, I had asked a bunch of people, who should get signed? Who should get signed during the pandemic as if it's over? Uh, I mean, almost three years ago, though, around March, April, May. And I just remember Deanna Perrazzo saying Willow Nightingale. Whoever signs her, they win. Whoever gets Willow Nightingale. This is three years ago. And, uh, man, love to see it. Love to There's see it. There's a lot of people that I've talked to that have either seen Willow for the first time or been with someone when they've seen Willow for the first time. Sure. They're like, I don't know what it is, but that person's a star. Like I've heard that over and over again. And I agree. Willow's awesome. We also got top flight defeating kingdom. That surprised me. But the thing I liked about this match was there are a whole lot of people that just, they don't have any clue what the kingdom is, even though, even though they've been around for a decade even though Mike has been ROH, AEW, Impact multiple times, WWE, WWE yeah. <laughs> like they have no clue what he's capable of. They just don't realize it because of he's he's almost sometimes a victim of his own versatility. Yes. Because he and he will he'll give anything a go. Um, Matt Taven, although you know, I didn't see him as the top guy in ROH. Considering who else was in that match with him, objectively, that was a good decision for him to win the world title at that point, as opposed to somebody else. Um, these two guys can work any kind of style, any. Uh, Maria is such an underrated manager, like like from, from a heat standpoint. Uh, the, the only issues I have with this match, it felt like they had to set up a few things and wait on a few things. But other than that, this was wild and fast-paced. I was shocked that the kingdom didn't get the win here. But this is a signature win for Top Flight already. What did you think of the, the match and the decision for them to win? Yeah, it seems like they were leaning pretty heavily on the more well-known talents to win rather than the uh, maybe ROH talents or now independent talents that had ROH experience coming in here. I've, I did notice that as a theme throughout the night. We saw it with Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Luke, but I think you had to do that for the story of the title picture, right? Things coming down the mountain. I thought this was probably their opportunity to let a previous stable that you're going to be working with consistently, it seems like, go over here. But as far as the match that was in front of me, I thought it was fantastic. I really, really liked the finish. Uh, that, like, powerbomb position and Dante with the moonsault onto Bennett was such a fun way to, to wrap this up. Only thing was that Dante slipped on that dive. I'm glad he's okay. That looked really, really scary. Again, props to, to Ian and Caprice for covering it up as well as they did. But this match was was a blast, too. Definitely a collision of, of styles here. And to your point about Mike Bennett being versatile, he's also extremely selfless. Like, I've seen mm -hmm. him in these impact wherever. He is just out there to make other people look good and have fun doing it, it seems like. And we saw a lot of that tonight as well. I really liked that there, um, that there are – that Matt Haven looked like he cared about losing this match like he looked pissed losing this match and that's that's something that matters to me because if it doesn't care if it doesn't matter to them then it just it won't matter to us so i'm so glad to see that uh that finish holy shit awesome that finish was fantastic 
That was fantastic. Unfortunately, there was the spot where, where Dante kind of slipped going outside the ring. And he, you know, when that happens, it's sort of like a panic. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Rush to recover. That was a damper. But damn, man, like, I thought that this, this shocked me. Top flight winning shocked me because to me, it's like, oh, of course, they're going to give the established ROH talent the, the win, especially not just that, but these guys have been main event established yes. ROH talent for, for such a long time that I just thought that that was like, ah, well, okay, there they go. But I, I like the decision here, and I'm actually more interested. I'm far more interested in what happens to the kingdom with a loss than I would have been with a win because like that was that was sort of predictable to me. So really happy to see how that went. Velocipastor says, one of the standouts for me is the ROH stage. Looks incredible. Way better than AEW's. Time for AEW to get a facelift. Love the pay-per-view, though. Hoping for an ROH weekly announcement. Thanks for the coverage. Uh, Tony says that we'll find out more. Uh, to me, at this point, if you don't have, and again, we don't know yet, but if you don't have a TV deal, you just at least need to be filming that stuff at Universal Studios or something. Like, get it out there. Proof of concept. Dana White's got a league where people slap each other in the goddamn face that got a TV deal. And it's stupid. It'll get some curiosity views, and then it'll fall off. Just like everything. Just like Slam Ball, God bless its heart. I loved it. It'll get the curiosity views. But pro wrestling is pretty established. Like, it's going to have some sort of audience type of thing. Pro so wrestling we'll and BattleBots, man. That's, that's where I, it's I at. I love BattleBots. Hey, man, listen, I am all for just bringing back everything Spike TV. I would Let's love that. Let's do it. I would love that. <laughs> I would just love it if Paramount Plus is like that. We're just gonna do that. We'll bring back BattleBots and and Joe Schmo Show and Slam Ball. They already got Beavis and Butthead, man. Like it's true. Brent says TK needs to announce a deal. HBO Max, Honor Club, Actual TV. I'll watch. Just tell me how. So the thing is, if you're gonna sell pay per views of ROH, I think you got to get them in the door free. Like you got to get them in the door without putting it behind the, the honor club paywall or something like that. We got somebody saying Mansers as well. Mansers ruled too. But um, uh, our own Jeff Hawkins was on like a thousand ways to die as well. <laughs> <laughs> he got burned alive at a hot dog stand oh, or no. something like that. He did. He did. MXC was a good one. I So at the end of the Spike TV era, um, I, you know, I've done these long form features on a lot of stuff like Casey Navarro, Anthony Bowens, Muhammad Hassan. I was going to do one on Spike TV in totality and the relationship that wrestling had with it from TNA to WWF to ECW to the UFC. And unfortunately it didn't end up happening, but man, lots of fond memories there. But I like, to me, it's just, I, I wonder if they've had any offers because it's hard for me to believe they haven't had any with some of the garbage I see on TV. Yeah, and I would find it kind of frustrating if this happened in February, right? The purchase did, and we waited all this time for them just to go put it on YouTube. It would be kind of like, well, that was a really yeah. long wait to just end up putting it on YouTube. But to your point, accessible is good, free is good. There's a built-in wrestling audience on YouTube for yeah. AEW fans specifically. So there's a lot of pros and cons to both. <clears throat> I would Darren imagine said, the, the mergers are screwing up some of that too. <laughs> Darren says, is Colt injured? Surprised he wasn't on zero hour of the pay-per-view. I haven't heard, but um, I, I would imagine he was helping out in some capacity. I'm honestly surprised he hasn't been on commentary or anything like that with, with, um, with Caprice and Ian, but 
boy, I'm going to glow about them later on. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Aiden says, was going to spend money on merch, but you all saw the stand. Come on, A-W-R-O-H. That was abysmal. Is there a reason for the small merch stands? I'm going to find out what's up with that because it happens at AEW as well. And to me, it's just money left on the table. To me, I don't know how you don't have more merch there when people people want to buy it there. They want to buy it there. ROH also didn't have the most expansive merch stands in its regular form either. I'll say they had their pillow buddies, which were awesome. But like it was kind of a limited selection of shirts. Boy, this was an awkward finish. Uh, Blake Christian, AR Fox, defeated Roosh and Drillistico. <laughs> something wrong happened there. Now, they can obviously just run this back on TV. The match was a blast before then. I love watching AR Fox. It's amazing how he can just, he can somehow do these death defying aerial things, but slow himself down in the air while he does it. It is, it is just a remarkable approach. I can't, I can't believe it. And Blake Christian teaming with him isn't the type of team that I had originally anticipated, but it's a good team. And you got him. You're using him. Why not? To me, and it, this is to me, this is not a report. I don't think there's any way Roosh was supposed to lose this match. And judging by the way that they both behaved after this, it became obvious. They almost beat the shit out of the ref. They started to crack AR Fox and Blake over the head with chairs, which is also a no-go. It seemed like they were like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, how do we get our heat back? Well, let's just brutalize them with chairs. Ah, which, I mean, I don't, I guess time will tell. Look at look what happened with Athena. That worked out all right for her with Jody Threat. So, uh, but they seemed very pissed off by this finish. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. There was a 450-something something in there that was supposed to happen, but didn't. But uh, it was a really fun match before that. Unfortunately, this is kind of the takeaway. It just, I think, got a little bit uh, over clumsy. It was a little bit too much high energy stuff happening, but uh, a fun match beforehand. I'm with you. I don't know if an audible got called or, uh, you know, 
it ended how it ended. So to your point, they were like, what do we do to, to get our, our heat back? But it definitely felt like Roosh should have been the one to go over there. He's by far the most profiled one in the match on, on AEW and ROH television. So it should be. He's he's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I don't I don't know what happened there, but it was messy and unfortunately kind of the biggest takeaway of this match, which was fun. Great to see Blake Christian in action. He signed a few months ago, right? And we haven't seen a ton of him. So yes. love seeing that. Would love to see like Josh Woods and Tony Nice kind of maybe get in the mix somewhere on this product too. But nice to see guys that were kind of featured and then slid away, come back into the picture like Blake Christian. I, I want to address this. Somebody said the Jody threat myth again. It wasn't a myth. That's what happened. She just wasn't going to complain about it because she's tough as nails. They ran with it. That That's about it. There was no myth. I talked to people that were close to her that were like, no, she's not, she's not going to complain because she's, she's tough as nails that finished though in this match. Woof. Um, Shot kid says, what a show, even with the weird finish in the opener, it was one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year, with maybe my favorite tag match of the year. Think Tony could say where there could be a proper TV streaming announcement at winter is coming to maximize eyeballs. I think, um, I think that we will, we'll get that information. Luis says Tony will address content uh, distribution. I don't know when though. So if Luis could tell me like when he's going to address that, that would be uh, very Does helpful. Tony Khan know when is the big question. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, we, we don't necessarily know uh, when that's going to happen. Brent says, also, am I sick for wanting Suzuki to join the fight slap league and destroy everyone? It's not. <laughs> I love Suzuki. But like there are people like they're they're trying to make this their full time living, their full time living. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll see. I, I, no, I guess if you're trying to make this your full time living, you deserve to get slapped up by Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, yeah but I mean these people <laughs> got some some mitts. He's got some mitts. Um, we got Athena defeating Mercedes Martinez. This had to happen, Kate. Oh, I muted you instead of me. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even have a chance to talk too much this, for you to mute me yet. <laughs> this was the right decision. The push has been coming. And and this is this was the right decision. This was the right call. This version of Athena is so awesome. Like she has always had the agility, the O face, which she won with here. It's never looked better. But I've been loving this added aggression. I know it kind of came out of a a work shoot situation, but whatever. I'm into it. Uh, I I think it's great. That like forearm half half suplex T bone brain buster thing was insane. I loved that into the reverse cloverleaf. Um, and I loved that it took a lot out of Athena to beat Mercedes Martinez. It's you can have protected losses that are clean. This is one of them. Somebody has to bite you to get out of it. Somebody has to expose a turnbuckle to get out of it. Doesn't mean you have to fall asleep or there has to be interference for a loss to be protected. I think she still looks really, really strong coming out of this. Absolutely the right call. <coughs> um, I don't know what their plans for Willow are, but Athena is a kick-ass heel right now. Willow is perpetually a baby face. Maybe four or six months down the line, you see Willow kind of rightfully assume this role. But I I loved what we saw tonight. This was super, super fun. This was physical. It needed to be physical because that's been the story of Athena since the Jody threat thing was the physicality. Brent Lockman says, perfect world. Athena's first title defense is Jody threat, right? 
I would love that. I would love if she got confronted by a Jody threat. And also I think Jody threat would be a fantastic ROH signing as well. The crowd was behind Athena a little bit as well though, but like this is, this is the Athena that like I never saw Ember Moon when I saw Athena work on the Indies. Now she sure. made it work, but I mean that's that super white meat baby face to me just didn't work. And when she came over to AEW, she was still doing some corny stuff like like the putting your finger on your nose and all that like stuff that I look at and I'm like, if you're trying to be a baby face, it just kind of annoys me type of thing. But yeah. then I see her just whipping ass kicking the shit out of people. I'm like, all right, I believe it. I believe you're over this shit. I believe you don't feel like dealing with it anymore. Uh, Matthew says, Matthew says, uh, this Athena versus Sasha. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. They also did mention Jody threat on commentary. They said that she was the one that brought the side out of her. So Mm -hmm. clearly they're not on terrible terms with that, but I I did appreciate that. And I agree with that super chat. I mean, it was the catalyst. It was the catalyst for, I think the best television version of Athena that we have seen yet. Yeah. Jester Design says Athena versus Trish Adora me, please. That would be great. And Jim LaRose says women's title match was excellent. Love how they took the Athena controversy and adapted her character accordingly. Planned, not planned. Who cares? It worked. Looking forward to her reign. It wasn't planned. And then they'd made it the plan. That was it. Uh, they both women were approached backstage and they're like, got no problem with it. Because again, Jody isn't going to complain. And Athena is like, I'm just whipping ass like I always do. What's the big deal? RH has got to watch Final Battle here in scenic Romania, thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. The show is fantastic. Can't wait for the new ROH champion, Athena versus Willow. Now, that's the match I'm ready to see. Willow, the super white meat, lovable baby face against the brutal, physical asshole, Athena, who takes liberties with people. Uh, it seems like the opposite of what a Willow Nightingale would stand for, Kate, is what uh, what Athena presents. To me, that is such a natural uh, feud, natural matchup. Agreed. I, I want Willow to win, though. I think you got to do that a little bit down the line. You definitely have to do it when you have TV, and I, I feel like uh, that would just be a, a perfect place for Willow to sit because I they're not going to put the the... TBS title on her and I don't think she's going to be in that main title picture for a little bit so put it on her then but I'd 100% that is a money made matchup for sure Jane Beard says I did low-key enjoy that they use shimmer footage to add to the yes. promo match uh, while talking about their history yes that was a good approach uh, I mean there are so many women that formed what they have in in shimmer uh, Athena at the scrum says she wants a celebration on Wednesdays she wants a minion section, cupcakes, and pyro. Uh, he said Tony Khan said that Athena will have many challengers in AEW and ROH, and she wants today's indies wrestle, indie wrestlers to strive for greatness. She says it was a different era for her and doesn't want to comment too much on the struggles. Uh, Tony is going to address content distribution later in the evening, it looks like. Now, I don't know if that means at the scrum. I don't know if that means like after, like afterwards tonight, but... We'll right during NXT. Gambeard <laughs> says, if Suzuki is joining, so should Ishii. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you uh, who can join, regardless of what country they're in. You, if you use NordVPN.com slash Fightful. And this is, this is an outdated graphic. How about this? Four additional months free 
right now with your plan. Four additional months free with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Change your virtual location with just one click. You could have got this pay-per-view at a much more affordable price. I had somebody hit me up after they subscribed. They said, I feel like I'm getting away with something. I said, you are! NordVPN.com slash Fightful changes your virtual location with just one click. Gives you access to much more content like the old WWE Network interface, AEW without commercials, weekly, uh, this UFC pay-per-view that I am buying in a few hours. While while I'm on the scrum, I'll be watching this UFC pay-per-view with my friends, and I get it at a much more affordable price thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful, the fastest VPN in the world. Works on all your devices. Got my phone right here, my desktop right here, my router in the corner, my Surface Pro over there, but not just that. The TV downstairs, all that good stuff with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, block online trackers, annoying pop-up ads, and malware. About to, about to ink a deal with these fellas to work with them for another six months. I'm so excited. I love it. They love uh, they love the reaction that or the reception that you guys have given them, and I do too. Let us know whenever you're using NordVPN.com slash Fightful. And somebody says VPNs might get banned in the UK. Hey, buddy, we got you covered. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Let me tell you one of my favorite things on this show. Swerve in Our Glory versus Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. Uh, Shane Taylor Promotions. Uh, a few years ago, when ROH was in Toronto, they said, hey, you can, we'll give you any talent you want at Maple Leaf Gardens, but you only get one. Um, I was a little pissy. I was like, you know what? I'm making the trip down here. Should be more, but whatever. The person I want is Shane Taylor because I know he wants more publicity. I know he wants more promotion. I know he wants those things. And he showed up early with his championship belt in front of, in front of this awesome uh, Maple Leaf Gardens setup that we had there. It was beautiful. And he was so happy to do the interview. And I loved it because he, he wasn't getting that promotion all the time. He wasn't getting all of that, that publicity. And uh, like, it's one of my favorite shots as you see it here in front of some of the Maple Leaf Gardens stuff there. But Long-haired Sean. Yeah, I know. Long-haired Sean. But I love the way they set this up. Keith Lee went to Tony Khan and said, hey, you want to give us a match? Let's do me and Shane Taylor. We've got history. He's got history in ROH. His tag team partner, J.D. Griffey, which, you know, the the former Shane Taylor promotions is now disbanded because you got Khan elsewhere. But J.D. Griffey had history with these guys. He's been around for almost a couple decades as well. Then you got Swerve just being a toxic dick to everybody. <laughs> just being a toxic piece of trash to everybody. They went out of their way to, one, get Griffey in the ring as much as possible. The least exposed person out of this. But from the get-go, all it warmed my goddamn heart to hear them go, we want Shane. We want Shane. Because that's something, quite frankly, I never heard them say in ROH. And it's something they should have because I can't tell you how many breakout performances he had. It wasn't just breakout performances. He's just good. The guy is just good. It's just unfortunate that Keith Lee went one direction way up and Shane kind of plateaued, especially once ROH stopped going around. But the energy for the anticipation of Keith Lee and Shane Taylor, who did not team together that long, were not prominently featured, but people know the history and respected the history was amazing. 
I loved when Swerve tagged Lee out and was like, no, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Swerve played this so well. Van Twinblade said, Will's cousin is misbehaving. <laughs> he was. This was so good, Kate. Keith Lee catching Shane Taylor midair? What? The tope into Keith Lee's arms. And then Keith Lee sparing J.D. Griffey's life was great, too. I loved, loved, loved this. To your point, I love the way that they played off history and introduced us to that history without shoving it down our throats. Everybody complains one way or the other. Either things are spoon-fed or, God forbid, you have to Google somebody, right? So I <laughs> really, really liked the way that this was set up on Rampage. I love... I've loved what Shane Taylor was doing on ROH for a really, really long time. He deserves the credit to your point. That guy spares like no sacrifice like that. He's not willing to make in, in the ring out of the ring, like very, very good stuff and great at very like pretty much the whole gamut of what you need out of a pro wrestler. Shane Taylor is willing to give you. We saw some really great promos in ROH with him. Uh, I, I love seeing him back on television. I love seeing him on pay-per-view and I love seeing him in this story. Swerve, he's gonna be a top heel real, real God. soon, guys. Like as he's... soon as this storyline is wound up, it's gonna be him, MJF, him, and Samoa Joe is just like your your top heels. He'll be the non-titled one running around. But he's gonna be a monster damn. hero for years to come. Years to come. He's got that evil smile that, like, I you know he's up to something. You just don't know how devious it's gonna be. And it's one of those. It's almost like an Angelica from Rugrats type of smile. You're like, what is he capable of? Like, what is he really going to do? And to to a Keith Lee, that shouldn't be like a, a daunting thing, but it's got to be. It's yeah. got to be. I love this match. I loved Swerve even, or Lee getting the win after he walked, walked out to. Rerun says, Keith Lee shouldn't be physically possible. My first chance seeing J.D. Griffey and Color Me Impressed. I hadn't seen a lot of J.D. Griffey either. I'd seen him a few times on AEW, a couple times on Impact, but I haven't seen a ton. Seemed like this him. was intended to make him look really good too, which I appreciate because we knew what the story was going to be. They yes. kind of gave us this as well, seeing J.D. Griffey look great in this match. And on top of that, what you were saying about Swerve, it's so powerful when someone is just effortlessly cool because you can just book them healer yeah. face and I'm on board either way. Cause like there's part of me that wants to root for that guy, but I absolutely relish him being such a, you called him toxic, perfect word. Like such a, such a dick running around. <laughs> uh, Jester says, when is Kenny King done with impact? Would love a rematch with Ch between Shane and Kenny. I think he's got, I think he's signed. I could be wrong, but I think he's signed. Um, by the way, guys, do a little drop in. Look at our friend Denise Salcedo on the pre-show oh, of NXT. Denise. We are so proud to work with this woman. Um, she works so hard. And I, you know what? I'm going to go back and actually watch the pre-show because I'm so proud of her. Uh, send her love. Send her some, some, some good, good reaction, some, some positive reinforcement. Uh, I'm just so goddamn proud of her. She's doing great. And she works, works her ass off. We had the Embassy defeating Dalton Castle and the boys for the ROH six-man titles. Uh, this is my favorite Brian Cage in-ring run of his entire career. By this far. guy went off TV for a year, and he said, well, that ain't ever going to happen again. And he has just worked his ass off. I got a lot of respect for the boys, too, because the boys who have added muscle in the last few years have worked their asses off. 
They could have just went and ran the circuit as the boys, never adapted, never did anything else. What they did was say, you know what? We're going to go be the Tate twins. We're going to go be Brandon and Brent. We're going to work OVW. We're going we're gonna to put our work in. We're going to get bigger. And now because they did that, they can be the boys again. And it's not just the lackeys of Dalton Castle. It is actual honest to God performers. And they always were good performers. But to be seen as as credible and all that, they put the work in. And I really, really respect that. Um, I, I just love that Toa Leona or, or yeah, this week got all that attention for the day and the dad thing as well. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. It worked so well. And I think the embassy has really come together. I didn't have a lot of interest in watching Brian cage before. And now he is absolutely killing it. Like he started to put things together psychologically. He's understood his strengths in the, in these bursts as well. I think it was the right call. Uh, Dalton castle, is is absolutely somebody you want as a part of this ROH roster, though. I really thought, I well, I thought Jericho was going over tonight. We'll talk about that later. But I was like, it should be Dalton Castle with how over he is. So you could do like a sports entertainer versus real sports entertainer feud if you wanted to. I know they already uh, hit that once, but you could easily go back to it. But this match was great. I think Dalton Castle also showed through his suplexes too like damn that guy's strong (laughs) really really liked a lot of this and agree with you on brian cage man and what's so funny is it seems like all they really had to do was get out of the way and maybe to your point he closed some of those psychological gaps but i think we all agree that the face turn wasn't the best move for him but when you look at that guy you're like i know there's something in there so just kind of get out of the way of it it feels like they've done that this is by far the best he's looked and I, I agree wholeheartedly. This is the most interest I've had in him. So this was a whole heck of a lot of fun. Dalton Castle is, is so special to me. He's, um, you can tell it's his. Like this yeah. could feel very gimmicky, but it feels really fun and authentic and well done. And to your point, the boys are right there along for the ride. An absolute blast. I, I absolutely adore his work. One of my favorite feuds of the entire decade was Dalton Castle and Silas Young. It was over the boys too, because he was so disgusted. Like the, Silas's gimmick was a toxic, uh, like to- toxically masculine man, and he was so disgusted by them. I loved it. Jambeard says SRS muting Denise even on NXT. Her mic, along with Sam and McKenzie's, keep cutting out. <laughs> oh, I can't no. say I can't say a lot. I muted myself earlier. Uh, <laughs> B Ninja says, I've known Athena 13 years, seeing her start from the bottom, now winning a title on a big pay-per-view in her hometown, really showcases what people have been sleeping on. I don't even think people have been sleeping on it. I don't think she was booked effectively. She unfortunately was injured for a long time. This is her really coming into her own, and I love it. But, I mean, we have seen this for a long time. I said to anybody that would listen for the first two years of AEW when they said, who is one person from WWE that you could think could make a real difference in AEW. And I said over and over again, Ember Moon, because she's a ring general and she has something that hasn't been unlocked quite yet. Well, Wheeler Yuta unlocked the ROH Pure Championship. I just want to say kudos to Tony Khan for putting this right before the dog collar match. Yep. Cat, like you see... You see the the beauty and the brutality of what Ring of Honor is back to back. You see such a stark contrast, and then you go right down the middle with Juice and Samoa Joe. Uh, Rerun says, pure title match is the definite rewatch. My highest compliment. 
Look forward to Wheeler and Garcia interacting for the rest of their careers. That's the thing. We're going to see them hopefully willing 20 years down the line still at this. Um, And not only that, these pure wrestlers are both legitimately great sports entertainers, which is, to me, the true heart of this feud that has gone on way too goddamn long is that both of these guys are so good at entertaining and wrestling that both groups wanted them. In fact, and this is as a complete shoot, when WWE did not hire Wheeler Yuta, that's how I got tipped off that 2.0 was coming. Because I had somebody, when he didn't get signed out of the tryouts, they go, I don't know what the hell's going on down here at the Performance Center, but something different is going on at the Performance Center because we didn't sign this guy. A good-looking kid, good-sized already, like checks all the boxes, could already work, could work any kind of style. They're like, something weird's going on here. And if they could have a do-over, you better believe that they would have signed him. Garcia instead has embraced the social or the, the sports entertainer aspect of this. And I like that because at the heart of this, the wrestler that considers himself the wrestler won the wrestling match. Uh, I love that. I loved a lot about this. Pure rules matches. If you've seen me talk about it at all, you know, are like my favorite thing. And what I do love to your point is you have to place them in a card correctly. Cause otherwise being there live is almost worse than being at home. Again, Enrique Abani and Caprice Coleman add so much. Um, and when you hear them reiterating the rules, when you see things like Garcia baiting Wheeler Yuta really early in this match uh, to use his his closed fist uh, hit, right? Um, those kind of things matter when you're sitting at home watching something that is a different type of wrestling match. I loved how psychological both of them were in this match. I love pure rules matches. I love the way that they were used into the story of this match. I had really no complaints about the card that they set up going into this, but I was like, if I had to create one, it would probably be, we saw on the last pay-per-view, Wheeler Yuta and Garcia, we saw on the last pay-per-view, FTR and the Briscoes. Like, (laughs) we're seeing two title matches that we just saw on the last pay-per-view, right? But the stories have been so good and pure rules you can't help but be interested in because there's always this other element in play. And these two for, especially as young as Daniel Garcia is, to understand how I can use those rules as psychological elements to put a magnifying glass over the story we're telling is awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome stuff. And I feel like we got a lot of that tonight. Very cool that uh, Wheeler Yuta was the the first one in the Blackpool Combat Club to win here today, which I, I like. They can hot potato this for a little while. I'm just ready to see the rest of this division return as, as well. Yeah, somebody says, what does Yuta have to do with 2.0, though? Well, they've been feuding for about 732 years. Yes. Is, is it? Caden Give says, love, love the finish in every match, but the first. And Jambeard says, the way Garcia was doing moves in the ropes to make the ref uh, make the call that Yuta was using his rope breaks was absolutely brilliant. It was. That's what I like. I love the psychology of that. And um, like I loved it when the ROH pure champions would go out and when they took indie dates, they would like demand to do pure rules matches on the indies as well. It was great. Uh, Garcia sort of like aggressively hands you to the championship, which they said was as close to respect as what you're going to get from, from Garcia. Uh, Tony Khan says that Trent seven is currently per appearance, by the way. 
We are going to skip ahead a little bit. Samoa Joe defeated Juice Robinson, and this was in a very unfortunate spot. It was because it was a lot of fun, I thought. It it was a lot of fun. And Juice Robinson, I I don't, anybody who has preconceived notions, I know this is going to be a lot of people's first ROH show. To put it in perspective, Kevin Owens once said that Juice Robinson is the best promo in wrestling. Um, I love Juice Robinson. One, because I'm one of the only guys he'll do interviews with. Thanks, Juice. Uh, two, I can get him to go off about social media often, and I love that. But he is such a complete performer. Uh, I love the addition of him to Bullet Club. Absolutely love it. He is just has such effortless charisma inside, outside the ring, on the microphone. When I see him, I'm like, damn, I don't know what WWE didn't see in him when he was when he was there uh for them to be like nah sure you can go on to japan sure there ain't no way if i would have there's no way they didn't see this in the performance center there's no way they're doing promo classes all day there's no way they couldn't have witnessed it and this guy is such a special talent and i'm really excited for people to see it i was hopeful that they'd get to see it years ago when it looked like he was coming into roh but then they're like Hey, let's put him in the most random ass group of all time and then just kill it. Um, like my God. Um, Jam Beard says this felt like a reset for ROH to get them ready for a TV deal. The potential separation of the two brands, I'd say Joe loses TNT soon. Well, he didn't lose any titles tonight. He got the win. What'd you think? I love this. You're right in that it suffered from crowd placement on the, or crowd placement, from placement on the card. And I think the crowd lost momentum a little bit, but I mean, come on, like Samoa Joe is always going to have a special place at ROH. The crowd was behind that. Speaking of people that they missed the boat on a little bit, Samoa Joe got fired from there twice, right? Not by the current regime, but like, this was awesome. I, I think Samoa Joe having the title is um having both titles at the same time is so great this like he's mr tv is awesome i don't know if there's many wrestlers that are more designed for kate than samoa joe his logic his size his in-ring storytelling i'm just so in love with it and i liked that jews robinson really brought out a different side of him here and joe played into that really hard like there were moments where he could have kind of gone in for the kill, but he just had to take a minute to catch his breath or whatever. Like I loved those moments where Joe was like, I can feel myself being pushed to my limit. If I want to keep my title, I have to gain control of like where I'm at right now is really, really fun and different than what we see from Joe. A lot of times he's walking away from high flyers and kicking people's ass. Like I loved, loved, loved what we saw in this match. Um, We'll get to the tag match, but I think that's kind of why it was maybe a little bit more slow to to burn. But man, I'm never going to be mad when Samoa Joe's on my screen, especially with titles. Yeah, and Juice was a great Juice was okay. It was a little confusing because you got Wardlow still sitting around. Like they they like triple quadruple booked Joe ahead of time to where it made this a, a foregone conclusion, unless. Wardlow came in and like cost him the title or something like that. That could have happened, I guess, but I just didn't expect that here in ROH because I think that they want to pretty firmly establish this as more of a wrestling show than a sports entertainment show. And I think if you're going to do the sports entertainment shit, it was going to be during Jericho during uh, Garcia or during 2.0's match. So 
Sure. Uh, Rigas says, great show tonight. Loved it. Our AR Fox and Joe okay. That chair shot was disgusting when Joe hit the barricade. It seemed very real. I know he finished, but it looked unenthusiastic at the bell. Hate to see another bad roadblock for him. I would too. We have not gotten any health updates from the scrum as of yet, but um, we're going to keep our eye on it for sure. FightfulSelect.com, of course, has plenty of news today on FightfulSelect.com. How about all this? Awards voting for two two topics. Uh, We had early notes on the Switchblade Jay White interview talking about Bullet Club, talking about all that stuff. Um, we got at early notes for EC3. We got producer notes for uh, SmackDown as well as backstage news there. All that on Fightful Select. We had a, a preview show as well. And for this person saying, Sean, is it true you reported Sasha was signing with AEW? People in the ROH media chat are saying you did. No, that is a lie. I have not reported that whatsoever. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com to avoid misinformation like that. Just $5, and you don't have to say, you know what, I heard from it. I heard about it from this third, fourth-hand thing. It comes straight to your phone, straight to your email. I promise you it's worth it. I promise you you'll enjoy it. It's not just exclusive news. It is awards voting. It is early access content. It is like six, seven shows a week in addition to that. Exclusive news shows, highly interactive. So if you guys are hitting me in my DM saying, Sean, you got the scoop on this? I do Q and A's every week where you can ask me. It's a good time. Or if you're in my DM saying, has Sean told you the scoop on this? Shut up oh, and no. subscribe to Fightful Select as much as I love giving oh. you scoops that my boss hasn't published. This double dog collar match. God damn it. God damn it. Like when they announced this, admittedly, I was like, all right, them again. Cool. I mean, it'll be good. It'll be all right. I want to see four. I want to see five. I want to see six now. Uh, this was, I, I had tweeted, they they made art and the only color they used was red tonight. It was special. That I love how much they hate each other and they can't even convey it on weekly television. They get to convey it once every three months on pay-per-view and that's it. And, and they're not allowed to because the Briscoes ain't allowed on television. They are quite literally the so Jerry Springer pigeon. It's the too hot for TV box that you saw at the VHS store. That's the Briscoes. And I think that can be the appeal of them. You can only see these guys on pay-per-view. That's how violent they are. And they ended up getting the win. And I think they had to get the win because you can't do this again if they don't get the win. Um, This was so special from, from cash yanking Mark off of there to the big superplex, all that. Ooh, this was just, art it was perfect it was it was such such beautiful violence that was perpetuated by these four men and these dog collars i four times this year you could have said ftr has had the greatest tag team match of all time i don't know which one's my favorite even anymore i i was pretty sure it was Briscoe's FTR won, and Take, then I'm like... They might not... FTR might not win Tag Team Match of the Year in our voting this year because they might have split their own vote four times. Like, think about that. Like, <laughs> there might be some other tag team that ends up with, like, 16% of the vote because, like, every one of their other matches are, like, underneath... The, that is... 
it's unreal because they've got three of these plus the, the the match overseas as well that they did. It's it's unreal that they had yeah. maybe the top four matches and somehow it might split the vote. Yeah, that was, are we even talking about FTR Young Bucks in that? No, we're I, God damn, we're not. It's crazy. Um, what do you even say about a match like this? I felt this way about Takeshita and Mox yesterday. I'm like, I would have to call out the whole match if I were to talk about spots. The one that I will say is when Jay lifted Dax up for the Doomsday, and we had that distraction that uh, allowed Cash to toss Mark off the top rope onto the stack of chairs. I mean. My God, I admittedly was hesitant about this match too for two reasons. One, we saw it twice, um, and FTR was up 2 0, so it's kind of like, what's the impetus for the third sure. one? And two, I there's not like a, a blueprint for a successful double dog collar match. Now, where I did have faith in it is that Dax Harwood is probably one of the most logical wrestlers in pro wrestling today, if not the most. So I knew if anyone was going to make it work, there's a guy in there that that definitely would. I feel like this was also great. We talk about Dax ad nauseum, and we should, but Cash Wheeler's great, and there were a lot of spots in this match where Cash Wheeler was really great, as were the Briscoes. It was just so special. Like you, I thought, I thought it was over at the J-Driller. I thought that was it. Yes. Yeah, and I will say, um, this was just over 15 minutes long, and that's exactly how long it should have been. It should not have gone on yeah. longer than this. It was too brutal. It was too intense. Like, that's a roller coaster, and you need to get off the ride at some point, especially when this wasn't the main event. We had another match in between this before we get to the main event. So, my God, this was so special. Feels like New Day and Usos, where I'm like, all right, fine, just wrestle all the time. Every time is yes. different and special and amazing. I'll complain it'll be a rematch, and then when it happens, I'll be like, that was one of the greatest tag matches I've ever seen. So, um, FTR, this is just a special run. It's a really, really special run, and I'm so glad they get to do it. Guys, leave a thumbs up on this video. We would greatly appreciate it. Jambeard says someone had a sign that said Dax plus dog collar equals fantasy, and Caden had to send share pictures of FTR and dog collars. Jambeard uh, says, I was I was gonna say I didn't even realize Cher was at the show tonight to make that yeah. sign. That's a <laughs> Jambeard says the ref got a lot of color in this match. Bloody hell, this is match of the year. So I specifically didn't put up tag team match of the year voting because of this match, because I was like, I know I'm gonna have to add it. And and it got an immediate nomination. <laughs> like I went on the back end and saw that, and, and it'll be up there. But uh and the ref again, Mike Posey bleeding everywhere. <laughs> My God. And Caprice and Ian again. I know I've been saying it like the whole night, but Caprice and Ian on this match were unbelievable. This might've been my favorite call from both men. Like I love both of their work and I don't know that either one of them had a better call. And that's saying a lot because especially together, they work really, really well. And Ian Riccoboni's partner changed like every like eight or nine months for a while to when, to when they landed on Caprice one, I was upset that, that the pulpit was ending because that shit was hilarious. Loved watching Caprice's pulpit, but I liked Colt Cabana too. And, you know, I liked Kevin Kelly, but I grew to really, really love Ian Riccoboni and his changes of tone, like from this match to how he handles main events. Like I used to bust his balls about it. I'd be like, man, he, he's too serene. And then I, then I saw why the range was happening and you needed it for the contrast in this match and the main event. And I thought tonight was one of his, best performances if not his best and caprices as well and you can tell how much this means to them because i mean when i had interviewed ian in the past he's like man roh means so much to me part of me wonders if i'll i'll just wrap it up if if they go away and 
He didn't, and I am so glad he didn't because we needed him on this call tonight. We needed him on this, and and Caprice as well. It was just masterful stuff, and you could hear in their voice how important it was. Yeah, and they, they have a really good – they do a great job, to your point, of their separate roles coming together. They're yes. familiar with each other, and their intimate knowledge of – the ROH product is so important here because it is in such a weird spot and it doesn't have TV and there are people tuning in for the first time, but the people who are returning are freaking diehards. So yes. to satisfy both those audiences is really, really tricky. And I, I just think they knocked it out of the park tonight. Brent Lockman says that you can make the argument that FTR and the Briscoes have the top three matches is also insane. Yeah, that's it's unbelievable. And the Briscoes have not been allowed on television. Yeah. Unreal. Samoa Joe says he wants all the belts. He says Miro can get it. Cody can come back and get it. He's not interested in teaming with anybody. He says he tried that and Wardlow cracked under the pressure. Wheeler Yuta wants revenge on MJF, wants a pure trilogy with Moriarty. He says the role in BCC is a dream for him and best friends were good mentors, but BCC is a better fit. Claudio says he wants to defend the title against underutilized stars. Well, he's going to get that opportunity. Uh, because he won the ROH World Championship. Guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. This is the home stretch. Can't leave your thumbs up. If we don't have news on the ROH TV deal, Kate and Alex will on their post show tonight because they're here right after NXT. And we are wrapping up because that is about to go on the air. Matthew Mikofsky said, from winning to losing the title, Jericho had eight matches. And I really, I really expected him to run the gamut for a while. And part of me... You know, the speculation long was, well, if Jericho has this title, it's because they're trying to secure a TV deal, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know what that is at this very second. Uh, but I really like this main event, and I adored the finish. Me Ad too. Adored the finish. The Cesaro swing, the Claudio swing, the giant swing. After 30-something reps, he just wouldn't stop it. He just wouldn't stop it, and Jericho tapped. And I expected to get online and see a bunch of people burying it, and I didn't. Now, I'm sure there's some people. I'm sure there are. And, hey, more power to them. Wrestling is subjective. But I love how adored this finish is, too, because it's an adored move. And the thing is, it's kind of a sports entertainment move, too, which I really, really like because Jericho couldn't stop the sports entertainment move. The, the, the uppercut didn't put him away. The neutralizer right out of the gate didn't put him away. The swing of honor, as King of the North says. I love that. Put him away. <laughs> I love it. It was, it was such a smart way to end that match, Kate. I love this. And I think that Jericho did incredible things for the ROH championship during that period. So it is hard to I'm normally... sure Alex agrees. I was... <laughs> just gonna say it is hard because i really liked this jericho run and i do co-host with alex Blasky frequently who does not love this jericho run uh i i think it makes an awful lot of sense to establish chris jericho as a champion of a new product because he literally proved that he can do it with AEW, right uh so that makes sense and i think a lot of the talent that he was involved with will likely be on roh so that makes a lot of sense too I loved this match and I did not expect Jericho to drop tonight. I thought we were going to get a couple weeks of Claudio wearing a hat, being a sports entertainer, and then somebody bails him out. That's where I thought this was going. And things like 
I hate dumb ref spots just because we're oversaturated with them, but the bat coming into play, I was like, oh, okay, so Jericho's going to use the bat. Claudio will be protected in the loss at least, whatever. That's not, not what happens here. Here's the thing about the swing that I love so much winning this match. I feel like I don't really view it as a sports entertainment move. I view it as a setup to a finisher because if your opponent sure. is dizzy as hell, uh, it's probably easier to get your finisher locked in, right? Um, Jericho said before AEW was a thing, he hated taking this move. Like there yes. are interviews where he's like, I had to put my hands up. I tried everything Nobody I likes could. It. It's Nobody awful. likes it. Um, to do, to, to be in the sharpshooter that long, or I'm sorry, the walls crawling toward the ropes. He doesn't tap out. He just makes a sick turn to the shorter ropes that requires your whole body though. And to follow it up with 33 swings, this deep into a match to have that kind of physical stamina, I will never understand. Everybody says it's a really brutal move to take. Nobody likes it. It's one of the most over moves in all of wrestling. Tapping out on it is awesome. Yes. Like, and so unexpected. I don't think we've ever seen it before. I adored this finish because it sucks to take. Yeah. It's insane that he pulled it off this late and it, People love it. Why not tap out on it? I thought it was so, so clever. Also loved the crowd saying Ocho, Ocho. on the ape swing. Cracked Brilliant. me up. Cracked Brilliant. me up. So um, I was pleasantly surprised by this entire thing. We're hanging on for a couple minutes. We're, we're told by David and uh, someone else. Tony's about to talk about the ROH TV stuff. POE says really cool moment. Wasn't expecting Jericho to tap to the swing. FTR Briscoes was damn good. FTR is my tag team of the year. I love things like this because it also establishes at the very highest level a world championship match against, quite honestly, the most famous person in your entire company that this move is a finish. Yes. This move will finish somebody. I love the Bret Hart Diesel Survivor Series uh, finish of the small package. I think that good wrestling moves beat good wrestlers sometimes. And I, I just completely love that. Jester Design says, five years tomorrow since my dad passed, he got me into wrestling. Used to watch Friday Night Smackdown with him. Would be nice to have wrestling on non-cable TV again. Um, you know what? First off, uh, sorry about the, the loss of your father. I love that you bonded with him over wrestling. No, hopefully you're able to bond with us over wrestling because we, we love having you here, absolutely. But I mean, uh, that's, that's the beauty of pro wrestling is you can watch it almost anywhere you can watch it live you can watch it on pay-per-view cable you can watch it on you can watch smackdown on fridays it's all over the place i love it absolutely love it uh and we love having you here um tony says that pay-per-views are going to stay with warner brothers discovery and i am currently waiting on this slow ass message to get typed out but there is a soft launch of a New Honor Club. All right. There you go. Big, big thank you for the for the timely messaging and typing. So soft launch of a new honor club. If the television itself is behind that, I hope it's the free tier. Because I mean that that was so a lot of people didn't even realize this when ROH was around. They were owned by Sinclair, which everybody knew. So their show was widely syndicated, uh, duh. 
but it was also for free on their website every single week. Like everybody's like, Oh, I don't know how to watch ROH back then. Well, it was on their website yeah. every single week for free or on honor club for free. And, and then they an had hour the... long. It was so nice. <laughs> yeah. They had the benefit of, uh, of a distribution company also being like, well, we also want as many people to see this as possible. So when that few days is up, we're just going to put it on there. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what's going on. Uh, ROH TV will be on honor club. That's pretty cool. That makes me happy. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I like that it'll be accessible and happening again. I'm intrigued to see what the taping is like, if it's going to be stationary. I always thought it would make a whole heck of a lot of sense to do Rampage Live and have ROH tape with it. Like, just seems like you could double down on two, a two-hour show that way, but yeah. I'll take it. Like, I, I, I've been of the camp where I don't really care where it is, just give me it, because I miss it a lot. So, And I'm very intrigued to see what they do with the catalog. There's, they've got to get that catalog up because I think that was probably where I want to go back and watch Kevin Steen and El Generico as well, right? So, yeah. Or when we see a dog collar match, I want to be able to pull up Samoa Joe and see Punk and watch old ones. So, uh, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that something is at least underway. I barely cared about what direction it went. I just wanted something. <laughs> yes. So pay-per-views to stay with Warner Brothers. There will be New Japan involvement with Honor Club. There will be an announcement in January about ROH TV. And there's a soft launch of a new Honor Club. Plan is a 90-day pay-per-view release on Honor Club, so you'll get those afterwards. Nice. Uh, Kate, we got a couple more Super Chats. Caden says, might be an unpopular opinion, but I think TK buying ROH was a waste of money. Haven't seen that ROI yet to make it worth it. Well, Caden may have said that a little bit early because they just announced TV, at least TV for them. We'll see how it goes. Um, but there's merchandising. They can implement that into their video game now. They can do merch. They can do toys. They can do a lot of stuff. Brent Lockman says, Saturday afternoon wrestling should be more of a thing. Old enough to remember watching Maple Leaf Wrestling on Saturday afternoons. Fond memories. Well, we hope that we've made some fond memories with you guys as well. Kate, what do you got going on? Well, in a couple hours, I'm doing the NXT post show. So come right back here for that. It'll be Alex Palowski and myself. You can catch me. Monday nights on Fightful Select, joining Alex as well for uh, uh, reviews more often than not. Tuesdays, every Tuesday on the main channel, doing Sour Graps and AEW Rampage and SmackDown post shows. I host now because Sean left us. Uh, I might Felice this coming up week. Uh, I might be on the December 30th post SmackDown show. John Cena is going to be there. So maybe I'll be there as well. Leave a thumbs up, guys. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you all. We're out.